Back on the big wake-up call, AM 1280, WBIG. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and time for my next guest. She is a writer-at-large for the New York Times, and uh, her new memoir is uh, Chasing Hillary, 10 Years, Two Campaigns, and One Intact Glass Ceiling. And we're going to chat with Amy Chosick. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Amy, a decade covering uh, Hillary through two presidential campaigns. Did you write this in the aftermath of the 2016 election, or did you have to allow yourself time to decompress? <laughs> Good question. It was sort of cathartic getting it all out on paper. I mean, I had I wanted to I wanted to write this as it happened, so not necessarily through the prism of Trump. Um, but just kind of capture 2008 as it happened and as I was there. And so I did take copious notes throughout uh, both campaigns in case I wrote a book and so tried to kind of write it as, I, as it happened versus through the kind of lens of knowing that she lost and knowing that, that Trump's president. Okay, that's good, because I, I was really curious that uh, certainly you're, you're writing about Hillary along the way, but, but for your personal details, your thoughts and feelings, I didn't, were you journaling or going to talk therapy and getting a transcript? Because, wow, it seemed like, was it hard to kind of keep a sense? You talk about how you were so wrapped up uh, uh, with Hillary Clinton in mind for every yeah. major life decision. Is that yeah. just the nature of the job, or was this a, a particularly a unique situation? Um, I mean, it's the nature of being a candidate reporter. When you travel with these people, your entire life is tied to their their whole schedule. I mean, you get a schedule of what they're doing, and that's what you're doing, you know, on a bus behind them. You're eating when they eat. You're, you know, going to the cities that they go to. So there's definitely that sense of your life being tied to them. With Hillary, since she had won twice, and I started covering her in my mid-20s, it was just this arc of every major life decision in my life had been tied to these these campaigns and cover and her career and, and my own career and so um, so yeah I think generally you give up your life but but this had been a particularly long stretch of a decade and you know we all struggle to balance work and our personal lives but yeah. uh, you know certainly as a guy I've never had to worry about whether or not I need to freeze my eggs until after a major event I mean how do you kind of reconcile that your job with like this is really having a significant impact on uh, on just my current life but uh, but my future yeah, I mean, absolutely. With the, with, I mean, obviously, women have to think about that. But we, uh, you know, we, I, we had wanted a baby, and it was right when the campaign was gearing up. And I write in the book how much I struggled to break into journalism when I moved to New York from Texas, and I'd finally gotten this job to maybe cover the first woman president for the paper of record. And I thought, well, I'm 34, but I can't just like stop and have a baby now. And so there was, I did, I did not spoiler, I did not end up. Reading my eggs, but and I have a and I have an eight week old now, so it worked out. But uh, but yeah, I feel like just my story happened to be tied to this woman who wanted to be the first woman president. But I think every woman um, has some kind of tension there between career and when to when to when to have a child. Eight weeks old. Okay, and as you're saying that, I'm trying to do the math. The end of the campaign. All right, and then eight weeks. So uh, well, I bet you had to be uh, very happy to have that uh, over. Oh, yeah, the campaign was, uh, I mean, you know, there's mixed feelings. I was texting with some of my friends on the trail saying, I missed 2016. I was like, really? That miserable campaign slog? But you get a little nostalgic. You see your friends every morning. You know, you're, you're traveling with these other reporters who become your close friends. And so uh, there is some nostalgia. I do miss 2016. I miss part of 2016, but uh, you know the Cubs. The one of the greatest triumphs of my life. The Cubs win the World Series, and then four oh, days yes. four days later is the election. I had four days to enjoy a World Series. No, Hillary was like watching at the front of the plane, and we were like, "Wait, I thought you were a Mets fan when you were running for senator." 
Yeah, boy, that I, that's true. She was putting on New York hats, and then, uh, but all of a sudden, she's oh no no no! I'm from Park Ridge. I'm a Chicagoan. <laughs> right, but I saw her. I saw her scream at the front of the plane. There was genuinely excitement. Um, you write in the book about just uh, not just getting beat up uh, on the internet uh, on social media by trolls, but uh, but that you were taking uh, a flack from your colleagues and. You know, what, Twitter's one thing. People say my, my show is terrible on Twitter all the time. You hear that from uh, you know one of your my fellow radio people. That that kind of stings. You're supposed to be uh, you're supposed to be brothers and sisters in uh, in media. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, completely. I, I think that the you know one of the things I want to get across is this is a really cutthroat world, and and Hillary's press aides, some of them, would try to cement that tension in our newsroom that telling me that my more experienced colleagues were going to kick me off the beat, and they, they would try to get in my head about, you know, so-and-so's, you know, writes better stories than you or would treats us more fairly than you. And so there was always that tension. Um, I think every newsroom has, you know, you're fighting for bylines, you're fighting on the front page. But sure. her, um, some of her aides would try to, like, exacerbate that tension and get in my head, and, and you know, they were good at it. What what is the purpose for that though? Just to keep you off balance, to try to get you thinking about more positive things for them? Why why are her me? I don't know. I don't understand why there has to be yeah. such a, a contentious uh, relationship there. I know, I know. It's 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 a little baffling. I mean, there's a couple strategies, I guess, to kill kill them with kindness and give them access, give reporters access, or um, or just completely kind of get in your head and, and intimidate you into. Uh, you know, being being incredibly careful. Well, obviously, I should always be careful, but be careful about about stories that wouldn't wouldn't upset them. Like that's directly affecting you, though. I mean, people. I don't know if you've noticed, people on Twitter can sometimes be a little unpleasant, but uh, you oh, can't yeah. you can't let that stuff sink in. Thank you, thank you. That's hard. That's hard sometimes. I know. So it's great talking to you guys because you remember. Oh, there's this whole world out there beyond Twitter <laughs> where you can have a conversation. You know, how did it feel? You saw, and, and people, I'm sure you've, you've talked about it, that, uh, that that Chelsea Clinton was a little miffed with you on Twitter. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you read the book, there's no surprise that there was going to be some blowback. I didn't anticipate that it would come from Chelsea. I have a lot of respect for her, and even in the book, I write that I identified with her when we were the same age, growing up in the South with you know curly hair that we couldn't control, and, yeah. and I looked at her and I saw I saw myself in her, and so. Um, yeah, that was disappointing. All I can say is that I, uh, you know, covered this family for 10 years for major newspapers. I'm very confident in my reporting, and then I went, up, went ahead and also hired a fact-checker to review my reporting, so I'm confident in, in all of it. Yeah, well, I couldn't imagine you, you, you wouldn't employ a fact-checker. And, uh, and just working for, for the New York Times, to me, I, don't, I, I would think you've, uh, you've earned some credibility over, over the 10 years covering the campaign. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Um, well, I promise we're gonna we're gonna tweet out this interview, but I promise uh, our tweet will be as supportive and upbeat and positive. I really appreciate that. It's so good <laughs> to talk to you. Um, it's uh, chasing Hillary ten years, two campaigns, and one uh, intact glass ceiling. That's the book by uh, Amy Chosick. And uh, Amy, it was so nice to talk to you. Appreciate you calling in today. Thanks a lot. Take care.